Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Josh Larios. We recorded this back in February at the Ballard Library in Seattle. Get Up in the Cool is listener-funded. Shout out to the show's newest Patreon supporter, Cliff. No last name mentioned, or first name, I guess. And either way, thanks so much. It especially means a lot right now when I'm facing a lot of gig cancellations and cuts to the show's funding. And I'm about to get a NICU bill, so (laughs) I really need uh, support from the people who listen to this show, and I really appreciate it when y'all step up and do it. Uh, To my other listeners who haven't yet signed up to fund the show, you can follow the link in this episode's show notes on your podcast app to patreon.com slash getupinthecool. Find a level you can comfortably sustain, and of course, get some exclusive rewards like full video episodes, a secret bonus track podcast, an mp3 archive of every tune and song ever played on the show, and online banjo workshops. Stick around afterwards and I'll tell you how to keep up with this week's guest, but first here's my interview and jam with Josh Larios. Enjoy. Thank you. 
mostly how that goes. Yeah, I love that journey we went on. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Josh Larios, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here. Yeah. Uh, thank you for reserving this space at the Ballard location. Yes, yeah, shout Seattle out to Library. the Seattle Public Libraries. They they let us reserve rooms for stuff like yeah. this. It's awesome. If we get done early, we can like watch some YouTube videos on yeah, this probably. stupidly big <laughs> screen over here. Yes, and I have I have a dry erase marker if we need to take any notes. Okay, cool. <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, yeah, what did we just play? Uh, that was Carthy Sisko's version of Frida, which is originally a Kenny Baker tune. Um, and I understand that... Carthy heard tunes and took them back and played them in his own style. I got it from a jam in Portland, and I think the person I got it from had gotten it from probably Jeannie Murphy, who I think was hmm. a friend of Carthy's. I never met him. Yeah, who who is he? He's uh, I've seen his name in like the Washington Old Time Fiddlers Association newsletters for a long time. I don't really know what his story is, um, but there are a bunch of tunes like played around here that are Carthy's version of oh, whatever. Cool. Now, uh, is the Washington Fiddlers Association, is that what it's called? Washington Fiddlers Association? There's the WATFA, the, like the Washington Old Time Fiddlers Association. Okay, yes. Yeah. Is that a parallel community to the Old Time community? I think so. It's, um, it, but it's like not necessarily the same community? I think there's some overlap, but I... I I think there are, like, the Venn diagram is not quite as overlappy as you might yeah. think, maybe. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I, I'm not technically a member of Watfa right now. I think I was for a while. Um, their, their monthly jam is down in Des Moines, which is a pain to get to, so I don't, yeah. I don't get down much. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a similar thing in Oregon. There is, yeah, in Oregon Old Time Fiddlers. It's, it's, I, I don't know how many states have one. I know Missouri has one, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's something that I've been trying to get to the bottom of because it's kind of bizarre to me that there are two people, there's two groups who are using the old time label, but seem to be segregated. Yeah. I, I, and I'm not exactly sure why. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that happened exactly. I think, I, I think there was some kind of split maybe, maybe in the seventies or eighties in Seattle. Hmm. I think there was, um. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what the history is there, but it, it feels like for sure there is like one circle of people who are more like learning off of source recordings from southeastern states. Yes. And a lot of them, I think, may have been influenced by people who came up from Southern California. So I think like the Canotes came up from California. Yeah. And a bunch of people came up here from California, and that circle is kind of its own thing and then there's some overlap with the Washington Old Time Fiddlers Association which I think I don't know if Phil and Vivian Williams were part of the founding of that or if they were just involved in it but I think of like the the Voyager Records Williams crowd as kind of one circle and the yeah. kind of Sandy Bradley connotes as another circle and there's some overlap but I I don't know exactly where mm -hmm. the edges are or what the history is so you're from Seattle yeah did you grow up playing violin? I played violin in uh, in middle school, but not orchestra. Yeah. Um, did you take private lessons, or is it just? I did. So Seattle in the eighties had just gotten a court ruling, I think, saying that the the school district was not living up to some of its funding, and so 
or the, the state wasn't funding the school districts properly. So there was a sudden influx of cash huh. into the school districts. And that meant that a lot of the arts and music programs finally got funded well. And Great. so I, I benefited from like they loaned me instruments until I got my own. And I don't know how, but I got lessons with one of the violin instructors who was like, she was the teacher for a lot of the kids who were in the Seattle Youth Symphony Orchestra. And you just like comped you lessons for that? I, I don't think we paid for that. I don't think we could have paid for that. So I, I think the school yeah. must have somehow had an arrangement with her. Cool. But yeah. <laughs> That, I'm glad that uh, someone put up a fuss and redistributed. The, yeah, no, it was pretty nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we had a really – so I went to Eckstein Middle School, and there was a – the conductor of the orchestra there was Warren Shelton, who died maybe 10 years ago. I'm not sure. But he was like a serious taskmaster. Yeah. But I don't think anyone – I didn't anyway um, – like was afraid of him. He just – you knew that he expected that you could do well – and if you didn't, he was just like disappointed. You're not living up to your potential. Come yeah. on. <laughs> and sometimes he threw chalk. But yeah. I still have some like, you know, from the five years of music teaching I did at this program in Philly, I still have some moments where I'm just like, oh, was I too rough? <laughs> you know, was I too mean to that kid who I ultimately thought wasn't living up to their potential and I wanted the best for them? You know, yeah. it's like, oh, man. But then you never know. And maybe they come back and they're like, I just want you know, like you were motivating to me, you know, like, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, tell. so my wife and I both like went to Eckstein, not at the same time and had him as a, as yeah. a director and both took a long time off of playing music. And then when we came back, realized, oh, you know, we are like, as adult learners, we are way ahead of the curve. And I think it's because of like having that experience with him. Yeah. Getting some shock thrown at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, when did you, how long was that break? Uh, so I played violin in junior high, which is what, uh, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. And then I played bass and piano in the rhythm section of the vocal jazz choir oh, cool. in high school for a couple of years. And I played a little bit in college bass mainly. And then when I got jobs in uh, like tech startups, that was you know, hundred hour weeks were pretty normal. So I just, I stopped playing no more music, stopped playing then and didn't pick it up again until like 2011 or so. Yeah. So 20 something years off. That's like shortly before I started playing yeah. old time music. <laughs> so how were you like exposed to, to folk music? I I've been trying to figure that out. And I think, I think what happened was, uh, one of my, cousin he was not my cousin he's my cousin once removed i think my mom's cousin um played like baron and guitar and bazooki and concertina and he did a lot of irish music and he would he would like play for us sometimes at, at family gatherings like thanksgiving or christmas or whoever and i think <clears throat> when i started playing violin I was really into the Irish music that he'd been playing. Mm. And so I'm, I got a book of like Irish fiddle tunes and took it to my violin teacher and said, you know, could you give me these as exercises? Yeah. And you know, she was like the high end orchestral yeah. teacher, but she did it. So she let me, oh, she let she me play like, like some like, Irish tunes. Oh, this peasant music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She okay. let me play these, like, awesome. these Irish tunes <laughs> as like exercises and figured out which ones were good for what I was supposed to be learning. Yeah. And then when I was maybe, 
don't know, 14, I think. My grandmother um, paid for me to go to Fiddle Tunes in Port Townsend because I think I think I wanted to go because Seamus Egan was going to be there, and he was a really good like Irish multi-instrumental player. Except also there that year were the Horseflies and either the Chicken Chokers or the Hurricane Ridge Runners. Yeah. Um, and I just like, I don't think I spent a minute with the Irish stuff after I, I heard the Horseflies. Came for the Irish dude yeah, for the Horseflies. Much. Yeah. Yeah. Now, were you specifically attracted to the Horseflies doing their Horseflies thing? I really love like the Horseflies sound and the whole kind of Ithaca yeah. old time yeah. sound that's going on up there. And the I, waka waka. Yeah. <laughs> no. I like, I'm probably never going to buy a banjo uke, but I love the sound of that. And I would love to play more with that kind of sound. Awesome. Well, it's, yeah, it, it has sort of a weird rep in the, in the community. So I'm glad to have some, like some people on the show vouching for it publicly. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. It's I great. think it's really and, fun if it's played well. And Richie Stearns is a genius. I mean, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So between between Judy Hyman and Richie Stearns and you know Jeff Klaus and everyone who has been in that, it's just that's an amazing sound. And I wish I had more like ways to play in that style or had any skill in that style <laughs> myself. Yeah, I, I haven't heard, I haven't gotten any of those vibes around here. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't hear it much. Yeah, you have to go to. Uh, Vermont or Ithaca or Western Massachusetts yeah. to start hearing some of that stuff. Yeah. Or buy Horseflies at Records. Yes. <laughs> Which I think was one of the first CDs I ever bought. <laughs> so, Well, you are one of the only other people that I know that play the uh, Fly By Night string band. Oh, yeah. Uh, version of Cumberland Gap. <laughs> so uh, let's play that. Cool. Yeah.
<laughs> what a weird tune. That is so weird. <laughs> I love it. I tried counting it out once. I was like, is that like 17 and then nine? Or what's going on here? <laughs> Sorry. Hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. You, one could count it. Yeah. It's nice to, yeah. Um, did you learn that from the Fly By Night string band recording? Yeah. Yeah. Although I pulled it into any tune and slowed it down to like three quarter speed because yeah. they are playing that at they lightning play very pace. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's good to like get back to that original version. I've messed with it so much that I kept the count. But I've messed all the other notes up. But there's some oh, really yeah. cool. I've, I've heard you play it and was like, oh, that's not quite how I play it, but that's a really no, great version. Yeah. No, it just happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Well, let, let me get to the key of G real quick. Oh, yeah. I will as well. Do you want to do our cross G tunes or our standard G tunes? Uh, uh, let's do standard and then cross. Sounds good. Right, man. Yeah. yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, let's do that Henry King's reel. Yes. So where, where did you hear this tune? I'm pretty sure I heard it at a jam in Portland and then I went home and looked it up on YouTube. Yeah. And then I got the album from uh, the Tiki Parlor uh, recording oh, that they very have. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's an that. interesting, was it like during the gathering? Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's, they, get, they have like cool residencies and stuff. For you know, sure. For, yeah. I respect And I, I like how, um, like when I go down to the Portland gathering, I will hear like a tune that is really common down there that I've never heard up in Seattle. And then within a month or two, it's all over the place in Seattle too. So yeah. it's, it's nice to see it spread like that. Like and I think this is one benevolent of viruses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm gonna let you start on this one so I can remember some of the notes. Oh yeah. Oh, I will. Thank you. 
That's, that's also a pretty tune. That is a pretty tune. It's one of those tunes that sounds very old time, but when I actually try to put it under my fingers, it's yeah, it's different. <laughs> it's yeah. a different tune. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So you were exposed to old time music at fiddle tunes when you went to go see yeah. Irish music, and then uh, what? What did you do next? <laughs> what did you do about it? Boy, so I think I came back and started playing Scandinavian music. Okay. So, <laughs> you got distracted I, I got distracted, yeah. Um, Understandable. Yeah, how, how did that work? I think it just, like, I came back and I'd, I'd also been exposed to old-time music because um, of Sandy Bradley's Potluck, which was the, on the radio for, I don't know how long it was on for, almost 20 years maybe? Well, yeah, what so, was the show? I, I've heard that she had a show, but I didn't know anything so it about was, it. It was a, a variety show on the local um, like NPR affiliate. Um, cool. It was kind of like Prairie Home Companion. Yeah. So there were kind were of... Were there skits? There were. I, I remember some sketches. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, they had guests on. And then the, the Knope brothers were with Sandy, the house band. And so there was a lot of... Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of that. Um, I think I... I think I went to a taping of it once. They were, yeah, they were recording it up at a bar in uh, Wallingford, I think, for a long time. But I, I seem to recall seeing them do it at the Museum huh. of History and Industry before it moved. Huh. So, yeah, I don't remember. It sounds great. It was a, it was a great show, yeah. and it was a lot of fun. And probably that's why I was interested in the horseflies when I heard them because it was like, oh, this is like that, but different yes um but then yeah i don't think i i mostly just um like i would play old time going to folk life and jamming there there used to be a space on the grounds that was called bluegrass hill that was kind of off behind one of the stages and there were a lot of people who would just kind of hang out there and jam so i played some old time there but then i don't I don't know that I did an awful lot of it outside of of that. There were some jam sessions I remember going to hmm. in someone's house, but I, I totally don't remember who that was. Well, my, my impression is that now old time is your like main sort of musical outlet. Is that true? It's yeah, it's what I play. So at mostly, some point, yeah. it went from like Scandinavian Irish and blue bluegrass jams and folk life to. Just, yeah, just and it went time. through. It went through jazz. I was in a jazz uh, quintet for a couple of years in college. What kind of jazz? Uh, kind of standards. Um, On uh, bass I played or bass. Yeah, 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 okay. I played bass then, yeah. and it, you know, we played out a few times and didn't make any money really. But, yeah. but man, I I miss playing jazz because when I was playing jazz bass, I understood so much more music theory than I remember now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I, I feel like maybe I should try and do it a little bit just to yeah. just to build that those muscles back up. Yeah, sometimes but you then, have to yeah, sort of time. like over overstand. Yeah, music theory to play this yeah. music. <laughs> yeah, huh. but yeah, um, yeah. Old time, I think is like I, I was definitely interested in it because I went to fiddle tunes a couple times when I was a kid, and then when we got back into it, my wife. Um, who's also named Cameron, uh, got a banjo. And I don't, I don't remember what prompted that, but she was just like, I want to play banjo. Yeah. And it's like, well, I have this fiddle. 
I played some old timey stuff that sounds like that. And I, maybe I could play too. And then she made me go and get a, a she, like, she dragged me out to a violin maker shop and, and actually had me buy a better fiddle than the one I'd been using since yeah. junior high, which was, I bought it at, at Sandy Bradley's auction and it was cheap and it was cracked in the back and had been repaired with like epoxy. Uh -huh. It was not a great instrument. <laughs> So, so you ultimately yeah, picked up old time in order to like have a shared hobby with your yeah, partner. Yeah, pretty much. And then That's she, great. she uh, kind of blew up her hand and had some kind of bad experiences with uh, the old time community. And so she's not playing much now, but hopefully maybe later. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's try to get some of the old time community to shape up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And then maybe they'll... <laughs> yeah, it yeah. was... I, fiddle Tunes was not, I think, particularly friendly to a, a adult beginner banjo player. Huh. Especially a woman. So... Yeah, the... Uh, yeah, the more the more and more I, uh, I play this music, the deeper my love for it grows and the more aware I am of how my uh, experience is is not everyone's experience yeah and is it is very much you know like i i tell all of my students like i feel like most of my students are are, are banjo banjo students they're they're um women in their 30s and mm -hmm. they're like i'm going to learn how to play the banjo and and like what i tell them is uh if you want to like really take this far uh what i did personally is i inserted myself in situations um where the people around me were way beyond my level yeah. and i dragged them down yep. by being with them <laughs> and i didn't care and i was like maybe a little sensitive about it but i did it and i just if there's any way that you can just like somehow channel some like male privilege or do a pastiche of it and just do it. And if you yeah. can withstand it, then like you'll learn so fast because like that behavior is. That's yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, you really, I think you yeah. really do have to play with people who are better than you yeah. to like push yourself up. But, yeah. but in the meantime, you know, you're playing with people who are better than you. <laughs> yeah. I, my joke was that, you know, Cam should have had a, a, a crocheted beard. Yeah. <laughs> because she's like, you know, the beard is getting you in a lot of doors here. Right. And, and that's the other thing I think uh, uh, people don't like w the very few times that people like explained things to me because I was like ruining their jam. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was always just like, just so so respectful and boundaried and yeah. i'm like i wonder if that's everyone's experience and it's and i wonder to what extent that's because i'm a man you know yeah if they're like i i don't know yeah. obviously i'm not you know i'm not seeing yeah. it directed at me yeah yeah i know there there were some incidents where like people were would explain to her you know all this is all this music is is dance music in four four it's like but waltzes and crooked tunes yeah. and there are no dancers here, so can't we just yeah. jam a little slower? Just occurred to me. I wanted to make sure um, when I'm editing this later, is this stuff that Cameron's going to be cool with us talking about? I think she, I think she'll be fine as long as I don't like attribute to her opinions that she doesn't have. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I think she'll cool. be fine. All right, I just wanted to check in. Yes, thank okay, you. Okay, cool. Well, let, let's play another G tune, another standard G tune. Yes. What were we? What was the other one? Uh, oh, you're going to do a Bound to Have a Little Fun. Oh, good. Yes. Also have not played this on the show in a long time. Yeah. 
This is another one I got at a jam. Uh, I'm pretty sure I got this from Maya Whitmont at a jam at the Folklife Hospitality area. Hmm. I got it from Rye Burhands. Ah. Shout out to Rye, first person I ever recorded for Get Up in the Cool. Who taught me to sing, I want to have a little fun, yeah. <laughs> and I nice. hear that in my head every time. I will also hear that yeah. right now. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, I'm ready when you are.
Bound to have a little fun. Bound to have a little fun. It's a good title. It's the second kinkiest old time tune <laughs> behind Leather Bridges. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Am I not reading that title right? <laughs> uh, so, I met you because I, I think at some point you, you reached out to me and I feel like you start, you would like, there'd be like a question on the show and like you would answer and you'd be like, Hey, I actually know the answer to this yeah, thing. I think, there was, I think there was a question on Facebook. It's like, or yeah, like there'd been a question in the show and I, I yeah. wrote on Facebook. Oh, actually I think it was this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember uh, what it was now. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember either, but like, yeah. And then we like met at the Portland old time gathering mm-hmm. a couple of years ago and yeah, um, we've primarily been Facebook friends yeah. because, you know, we don't live in the same place, although closer yeah. closer now, which is <laughs> yeah. nice. But um, something that I've appreciated in uh, existing in trad music circles on the internet is that you have some very, like, strong ideas, not just about you know, how our community should be, but specifically how our community should conduct itself and, and police itself like on in, in digital spaces. Uh, I think since you are, you know, you have, uh, like technology experience and you've like bought in and like, you know, like how these things work and, and, and and there's a lot of people who don't necessarily know how to behave or how, you know, like, uh, and I've appreciated watching you like try to hold people accountable, you know, like for instance, if there's like a huge disagreement and an, uh, it, that turns into an ugly mess fight thread, you <laughs> that know, never happens, right? <laughs> if hypothetically that happens, yeah. uh, you know, and like it kept, they would, it would just be deleted. Yeah. And then it, it kept happening almost as if no one had learned anything because all the evidence is <laughs> like. Well, of course it's going to happen again because the person who just joined last week doesn't know the history of the last month where yeah. that went totally south last time. Yeah. 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 I was, I was wondering if you had any, if you could speak to that at all, if you had any like insight into like, uh, oh, man. how do we, how do you, how do we navigate since so many of us communicate on the internet it's such a helpful thing potentially, but it's also like really messing us up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I think... It's hard because I think there should be some kind of right to be forgotten, right? Like if you say something egregiously stupid, yeah, it's probably going to be out there forever. Right. But it doesn't have to be. Yeah. And also if you haven't, like if you say something really stupid and you're, you're behind it all the way, then maybe it shouldn't go away. Like, right. you know, stand by your words until you don't, at which point maybe there would be a nice thing for people to do to let that disappear. Like, um, I, I have a blog, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I hardly ever post to, and it's not a thing that happens anymore because Facebook has eaten everything. But yes, there was a, uh, there was a comment on one of my posts from someone who really was angry at me for making fun of some kind of fashion t-shirt that I thought was ridiculous. Oh, interesting. Which, okay, sure. And then like a year later, she came back in the comments and 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 said, "Hey, I uh, I remember, I remember making these comments here. Yeah, and I was in a really bad headspace then, and wow. and I don't, I'm not really proud of those comments. And you know, would would it be okay? You know, would would you delete those if if you don't mind? It was like, yeah, sure, okay, that's 
there was something going on. You don't need to own that forever. Yeah. But in some communities, yes, it's really good to know who is making those stupid comments. Yeah. So that you can like interact with them appropriately. Like if I need to, if, if someone needs to prepare themselves to deal with a person who is known to be a jerk. Yeah. Or worse. Or worse, then it's nice to have that trail of them being a jerk. Yeah. Um, it's hard. I don't, I don't know what to do exactly there, but I think the way that that one Facebook group was handling it where just things went in the memory hole and then they had exactly the same conversation a few weeks later yeah. was not the way to do it. Yeah. Uh, we are talking about dedicated to old time music. <laughs> just like everyone knows who we're talking about, like if you're on the internet. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, ultimately their their answer to it, which is an answer, is they were saying like we're just straight up deleting those things before they happen. Anything that's potentially inflammatory. Yeah, and that's the thing. It wasn't in the rules. So if, if right. you're going to have rules for a group, right. that's cool. Then we know what the ground rules are. We, yeah. we know what to expect from the group. But it yeah. was not in the rules, and they just like refused to put it in the rules yeah. for a long time. It's like, but if this is something that gets me <laughs> deleted, yeah. tell me about it up front. <laughs> yeah, totally. I don't know. They, I've seen... I've seen some online communities that do better and worse, and it, it seems like there's a a balance between like really strict moderation or setting ground rules appropriately, right. but then also letting people you know make mistakes and either recover from them or dig themselves deeper. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm always surprised when I find out that like people that to me seem the the way they're. <laughs> The way their language is coded on the internet, it seems like they're so malicious and, and you know, and so, like their intent is so uh, bad. Yeah. But then, you know, stuff happens. Like I remember there was this one where this man, uh, he was saying some really ugly, nasty things. And I'm not just talking about the lack of civil discourse. He right. was like, like t tacitly sort of, well... He was like implying threats of violence and you know he was like right. being like really out of line and it was like sort of allowed to continue for quite a while and then like a week later he came back on that group and he said i'm really sorry everyone i've been going on i i just went on some new medication medication oh, yeah and it absolutely like messed with my brain oh yeah you know and he did continue you know throughout like the following months to post some things that I thought were very <laughs> like insensitive, but he like, there was clearly a line that like he, he went there when he was under the influence of, right. like, you know, and it got way worse. And it's like, I have to like, remember that when I'm watching like these things unfold that yeah. some people, uh, someone important to them just died. Through. You know, yeah. some people like have like, going through PTSD <laughs> yeah, or like there's so many like factors and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad I'm not like, I mean, I moderate the get up in the cool mm -hmm. group, but there's not really, I just post my stuff on there and, yeah. and then some guy named Steven arms posted random videos on there and oh, yeah. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've noticed those. Like, yeah. oh, okay. Okay. Oh, cool. That's cool. Well, yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Shout out yeah, to Steven arms. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard to know. Like, at what point, like, I think the, 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 the default should be maybe have compassion and understanding that people may be going through things you don't understand. Yeah. But 
at some point that doesn't cut it anymore. At yeah. some point you just have to like acknowledge this person is toxic yeah. and either we need to get rid of them or we need to go do something else or yeah. something. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say where that line is. Yeah. Well, it's nice to have, uh, this conversation in person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's hard to get nuance in text. Uh, yeah. And I think there are people out there who think that I think there are people out there who think that I am excited to bully people who aren't being politically sensitive. Yeah. And it's like, no, I don't want to bully anybody. I hate conflict. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, I really, like, <laughs> I, I see that there's an old time shitposting group. Yes. And, I haven't joined it and I'm probably not going to because I really feel like a lot of, I don't know, it feels like some of the way online conversations go has tracked with the rise of shitposting being a thing. Yes. Like it normalizes some kinds of behavior that spill over outside of those contexts. And I don't know what to think about that. You know, it's, it's, I'm in it. Yeah. I've been in it since it's, uh, since it started mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, I've gone back and forth because sometimes uh, the things that are being shit posted are very shitty <laughs> and not in a way that I, I think is funny. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and sometimes in a way that, and, and then, and then other times some of the just like funniest, like lighthearted, like sometimes even sweet things happen yeah. on the, in that group. And then other times me knowing that I have a place where I'm allowed to be mean, which I have almost no places where I'm allowed to be mean in my life. Yeah. You know, I'm like, uh, I'm like a husband and a father and like, you know, a member of this community in a public yeah. setting. And it's like, and then all of a sudden there's this group where like, there is, there are boundaries and there's moderation, but yeah. I have like this kind of outlet to just be like, to say the things that I want to say. Yeah. It's so cathartic. And like part of that makes me a little bit more lenient with other people who I feel like are maybe abusing that. But there's, right. there's some sort of, by calling it a shitposting group, there's been some sort of like, this is a, there is safety in this space. Right. That's to, interesting. Cause that, I think that, that sounds a lot different from things I see on like Twitter with shitposting accounts right where there is not that kind of boundary yeah. i think um, where it happens in this group and maybe it doesn't leak out as much right um yeah, yeah i don't know i don't know what to think about that i don't know what to think about it i mean i'm not committed to it i might like I there's guess, been times I mean, where i'm like not, i might be out <laughs> yeah it's not like it's a new thing either i mean like in the 90s on usenet there were groups that definitely could have been described as shitposting groups yeah so it's not anything new it just seems like it's a lot more it's just bigger right yes I, I don't know and so many of us actually do have to see each other in person yeah but a couple times a year yeah so like yeah the people keep talking in that group what's going to happen when we all have to see each other next yeah that's got to be interesting yeah well a conditional recommendation no i'm not going to even do that i'll say it's been important for me but i understand when my right. friends opt out <laughs> Uh, should we play some, are we to the cross uh, ones yet? What do we play? 
We did bound to have a little fun in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tune it up a bit. Or down, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I hardly ever play in cross right now. I should do that more often. It's I feel fun. like cross G. I've played cross G jams everywhere, but it's a thing in the Pacific Northwest. Hmm. Like I've played way more cross G than I have cross A. Interesting. Especially I, in Washington State. Huh. I wonder if it's the rain. I wonder if it makes fiddles Maybe sound harsher, it's the rain. harsher in the high <laughs> registers. I don't know. I just I feel like this one at least sounds better yeah. in G than A. Yeah. <laughs> to get to have all the benefits of playing A tunes without the the super intense energy of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, which uh, which one do you want to do next? Uh, do you want to end with Sweet Nell or do you want to end with uh, Pretty Little Shoes? Uh, let's. Uh, Let's end with Pretty Little Shoes. Great. Let's do Sweet Nell. Sweet Nell it is. Sweet Nell, yeah. Just, I've forgotten the names of the composers, but it's, you know, it's a recent composition. Yes. <laughs> I recently met this man, but I also forgot his name. Uh, I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> Likewise, I, I knew it in the car on the way over. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a compliment. It means your tune has been incorporated into the folk thing, and now you have a tune that doesn't... It has a life of its own, yep. but also, sorry, I forgot your name. <laughs> I can't credit you. Let's just start. Yeah, I'll just start this one off.
I, yeah, I like that one a lot. <laughs> I want to meet this Nell. If this was, it's uh, Paul Newman's daughter. This is, it's it's named after Nell Newman, who is on the package of like Newman cookies and Newman treats that they would eat at jams. Newmanos. Yeah, like Newmanos. And, and then specifically, those are the jam treats. Yeah. And so, oh, interesting. I, I looked this up a couple weeks Sweet, ago. because it's cookies. Yeah. Fig Newmans. Yeah, like Fig Newmans, <laughs> Newmanos. And then she's on the package, and so they, they wrote a tune for her. Oh, sweet Nell. <laughs> wow. Um that that tune all of a sudden got way closer to home. <laughs> yeah, I man. love Newman. The, the, the <laughs> Newman ones. The, the mint ones are my favorite. <sighs> Shoot, <laughs> that's great. Thank you for that little bit of knowledge. <laughs> now we really need to credit this this songwriter. I I, I will look it up. Right, I'll cool. figure it out. Mention that. Okay, so we have one left before we play Pretty Little Shoes. Is there anything that you want people to, is there some sort of call to action <laughs> place where you want people to go thing you want people to do in the Seattle community or uh, so if you are interested in helping with a slow jam I do a monthly kind of slow beginner old-time jam called slower than dirt great um, it's at slower than dirt.org we've got a tune book um, we meet at the libraries and I've been doing it myself for the last couple of years, and if there's any like banjo or guitar players who would like to maybe help, that would be awesome. Oh, cool. Um, and if not, that's cool too. Yeah. yeah. To just sort of have like a seed in and yeah, other instruments to help. Because I don't know how to, like, my, my guitar is terrible and I don't play banjo at all. And it's like, I don't actually know what's difficult for a beginning banjo player. Sure. <laughs> so, cool. That, yeah. that sounds like a, like a, yeah, and I've been I've been hoping to maybe I like I love doing it. It's a lot of fun, but it would be nice to maybe pass the torch to someone else and do a, a mid speed jam because I've been hoping that like the yeah. slow jam people will graduate up slightly to a faster jam. than dirt. <laughs> but I don't know if there is like a somewhat faster jam going on in Seattle. Yeah, interesting. Right now there was for a while, and I think it's on hiatus. So cool. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. How do people? How should people get in contact with you? Uh, there's a contact form at slowerdandirt.org, or Perfect. there's a Slower Than Dirt Facebook page. Yeah. Contact me through that. Thanks for doing this. Hey, thanks so much for asking me on. It's a it's a real pleasure. Yeah. Good to hang. I, I like playing with you. Yeah. Yeah. On on or off mic anytime. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, where'd you? What's where's this pretty little shoes from? Um, like I'd heard it around at jams, but it didn't really grab me. I think there's a YouTube video of Raina Geller playing it that's really nice that I, I learned it once That'll and I it. totally forgot about it. But then on um, the Floyd radio show, um, yeah. Jake Blunt was on it and he had Jeff and Judy from the Horseflies on his guests and they played this. Oh, cool. It's like, okay, that is an awesome tune. I really need to learn that. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like mostly I got this most recently from Judy Hyman. Yeah. Shout out to Judy.
Check out the Slower Than Dirt Jams website at slowerthandirt.org and contact Josh on the contact form if you're interested in helping out. You can support Get Up In The Cool at patreon.com slash getupinthecool, and you can buy Get Up In The Cool merch by following the link in this episode's show notes. Make sure to like and follow Get Up In The Cool on Facebook so you can see the video I posted from this episode and share it around with all your friends. Check out pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional banjo series, and check out my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set. It's available in all the same places as Get Up In The Cool. Everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool.